When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 152, like take fucking 14. I don't even know what we're doing right now. Uh, I am here tonight with Ryan and Tyler. Ryan is back from much warmer weather and he's sad about it. I no longer have COVID. I'm happy about it. And Tyler exists. So that's what's going no, on. No, no, no. You forgot to tell the folks what actually happened. Oh, Tyler almost choked and then signaled good field goal and apparently was okay. Yeah, we've, we've already went through our good start. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on right now, but we're going to try to struggle through because we do have some things to talk about and we were off last week. So we have to talk about how terrible the Red Wings are. And I want to go to bed. So we have to talk about how terrible terrible. they're just not playing well. Okay. They're not good. They are what we thought they were. There are injuries again. Bertuzzi's back from COVID and we got some kids named to the world junior championships. So what we are going to start with is the Red Wings recent. Now it's not the end of the world, but it is a three game losing streak. Uh, We started off losing to, was it the Preds first, then the Blues and then the Avalanche. And it just, it was not, it was not really fun to watch. So the Blues game, I'll give them the Blues game. The Blues game, we mm-hmm. looked we looked good. Our Corsi was higher. We had a 55 core, a team Corsi against the Blues. I'm looking at the game by game right now. 55.1 Corsi 4, 55.9 Benwick, and a 78 PDO. That means we were unlucky. Um, but we still got our asses handed to us six to two. Fancy Not stats fun. good. Real life game. <clears throat> Not good. Yeah, Not no. Not good at yes. all. Great for the stats, not great for the ice. But the Nashville game, we lost five to two. In the Avalanche game, we lost seven to three. So that is a, a very, very large goal differential mm-hmm. that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the Nashville game and the Colorado game, our course was in the 30s. We did not control the puck. Uh, we did not look great. We stopped playing defensive hockey. Mo Sider was doing all the heavy lifting. And the top line just kind of, I mean, it was Fabry, Larkin, and Raymond. And, and Fabry came on in the Colorado game and the St. Louis game. But not a lot going on there. And, and we just kind of fell flat. And they were on their heels. And there was some bad luck. But it's kind of like the Red Wings. Some of it looked like the Red Wings of last season. And mm-hmm. it just, it was at times kind of ugly. And I know Ryan didn't watch the games because he was in the Dominican Republic, but Tyler did. 
before that, real quick, why why no experimentation going back to Zadina on that top line? Did that happen at all? Over no, those, Zadina's in the doghouse for some reason. Um, I mean, I, just, I think we know the reason. He's not scoring goals. Sure. But we're in again. So again, they're not giving him the opportunity to do it on that top line again. You had Fabry on the top line ever since Bert's gone down because mm-hmm. I guess that's what the next logical step they think is. And I've talked to Ethan. It hasn't been that great. No, Ethan has said too, like Fabry is probably a second or third liner. Uh, like that's his ceiling. And you're mm-hmm. forcing him out of the top line. When you're trying to get offense started from Zadina, I'm not sure why you just wouldn't throw him up there. Zadina's been doing a lot of right things. I mean, mostly. And you want him to start scoring goals, start putting him with people that help other people score goals. I just, I don't know what the thought was there. Like I said, Fabry came on in St. Louis uh, and he had a power play goal, I believe, in Nashville. But it's just, he's, he seems slower to react then Raymond and Larkin need him to a lot of the time. I think for the most part, all those games were horrible, but the most horrible one out of all of them was the Colorado game. And St. Louis was horrible, but at least they kind of showed some fight. In See, that I don't think game. St. Louis was actually that bad. They just didn't score enough. No, Colorado was horrible though. Every shot fucking the avalanche took went in that every time they had a chance, every time they got into the zone, they had a chance to just walk right in and take a shot. There was no defense. There was no hitting. There was no pushback. And they did score, what was it, 3 nothing, And then they scored to make it 3-1. And then Valeno scored to make it 3-2. And we're like, oh, yeah, we got something here. And then Nathan McKinnon scores. And Man, that's if, game if it's over. That in defense point. of that, though, it seems that Colorado has officially hit their stride after their slow start. Yeah. Again, but here's the thing with this. It's like, okay, yeah, they're sure. They're a really good offensive team. They're going to score goals. Two they goals. scored seven. They've scored seven, seven goals, goals in three, three straight, straight games. games. Mm-hmm. We were in the third one. They just mm-hmm. beat Florida, who was arguably the top team in hockey. But uh, before that, they beat New York, Philly, Ottawa. They lost to Ottawa, but then they in Montreal. I mean, they're not playing good defense. They no allowed defense blows. They allowed five to Philly, six to Ottawa. We only got three on them. They allowed eight to Toronto barely two weeks ago. They're good. What they're good for is scoring goals, and they are doing a lot of it right now. Yeah, the what helped them quite a bit too is that Thomas Grice let in three goals on seven shots. Yeah, he was horrible. And then he got pulled. And then Ned. Yeah, I saw some of those updates come through. I was like, oh god, what is happening? Well, Ned let in three on thirty nine, so Ned still had a nine two three save percentage. <laughs> Uh, and he, most, he still faced 39 shots after coming. Oh in yeah. Leaf. No, it, it didn't stop. Like the shots did oh not stop. Uh, it was like 46 shots again. Yeah. 46 shots against that game. And that's just, that's what the abs are going to do though. The abs are a Stanley cup mm-hmm. caliber offensive team that are going, if you don't do something defensively are going to just pepper the fuck out of your goalie. And a lot of goals are going to go in. And that's the problem. A team 47 like shots is just incredible. And they were embarrassing in that game, though. Like, I, I get the Avs are a good team, but they were embarrassing. The the effort shown and the, the lack of defense and just Nathan McKinnon walked down the slot. It's not like he was dangling all through these guys and Kale McCarr was dangling through these. Every shot they took, nobody blocked the shot in that game, it seemed like. 
they were just letting them freewheel come into the zone and take shots. Go back and watch those replays. Those. Well, this ahead. is why, and this is exactly why the Red Wings are not a playoff team. I mean, people can say all day, oh, yeah. the Red Wings, Red Wings might get a wild card spot. Red Wings could sneak into the playoffs and be dangerous. You go up against a Colorado Avalanche, you're going to get your ass handed to you every night. Yeah, but that would be yeah. the Stanley Cup final. So sure. But I mean, you go up against a Toronto. You don't want to be the ones to let Toronto pass the first round. That's not who you want to be. And the Red Wings just are not right now, do not have the depth nor the defensive help currently to be anywhere near a contending team. They don't, they're not a playoff team. So the people that are hoping for playoffs right now, you'd be embarrassed rather quickly, I think. And you're going to need to fill out maybe a couple bottom six slots. You're going to need another defenseman. You're going to need a, a strong center to put behind Larkin. You're not built for, in the app showed you, you are not built for it. Like playing. I'm looking at, I'm looking at hockey reference right now. Just kind of going through the stats, the shot chart for Colorado. Oh, <laughs> it's they, a massacre. It was, it's yeah. bad. And yeah. all the, I mean, everything, all the goals are like what you would consider to be a glitch goal on NHL 22, where you're just <laughs> right in the middle of the ice and firing it, going top shelf on the goalie here. Cause it's just, oh. yeah, it I haven't was, had time to catch bad. up on anything. So I haven't seen the actual video highlights don't, yet because don't break again, I'm, I'm in detox mode right still right now. And I, I woke up from an hour nap just to do this. So <laughs> and I, by based off all conversations, I don't want to go back and watch anything no. because apparently none of those need to happen in my brain. So I'm going to go with it, but so it's, like it's, said, it's though, terrible. St. Louis wasn't terrible. I mean, it was no. not great, but it, it, was, abs- it was not a repeat performance of the, of the last victory we had against them. No, 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 not at Definitely all. Definitely not. But, not even close. Okay. Uh, that was still kind of like an avalanche game though. I mean, they, they didn't play good defensively, and it was two nothing early. And Fabry scored to tie it, or to make it two to one, and then Pareko scored, and it, they shit down their leg the rest of the game, pretty much. I thought that was after such a good run of hockey, too. Yeah, Against well, here, they still have it in them to be a decent team, but, sure, but the problem decent. is they need to continue to have the players that they need in their lineup to be successful. Bertuzzi needs to continue to play. And obviously, well, see, we I know don't, what the situation is with that. The Bertuzzi thing, they won the first two games that Bertuzzi was out for. Um, yeah, they actually looked like a competent and team. Before, even before that, I mean, Bertuzzi wasn't doing... People keep saying they need Bertuzzi. They need this happening. He wasn't doing a whole time. They don't even need a couple him, but I'm just saying that. they could use him. And, and in terms of like scoring goals, I mean, he's definitely one of those guys that like has a lot of like, chemistry with Larkin and Raymond. So, mm-hmm. I mean... But, sure. I don't know. They they, they just don't have enough up front. Our our big thing, I think, Mark Stahl went down into COVID protocol. Is it the Stahl effect? It could be Mark Stahl. As weird as that is to say, uh, Danny DeKaiser also came back from injury, and that's also a problem. Uh, Not a problem that he's not injured anymore uh, or has COVID anymore. It's a problem that he's back in the lineup. Yeah, He's just so slow, so slow to react to everything. And so I think there's your, your big issue. You take out Mark Stahl, who has been a very, very good defensive presence for this team. You Who's add, fairly mobile, yeah. as we know, as yeah. we've talked about, is what they need on the back end, especially in the system. And you add in someone like Danny DeKaiser, who is the, the exact opposite 
of what Mark Stahl has been. And like you said, Gustav Lindstrom was placed on retroactive IR. And and that he's also been good for Detroit. Gustav Lindstrom, mm-hmm. surprisingly good since the beginning of the season. And you really, really expose how shallow this team is. The team, if 100% healthy, and I even tweeted it out, if 100% healthy, they look like they could take on any team in the league on any night and have a chance. Of Skate, yep. play hard, yeah. Yep. You remove two guys. If this is what two screwed. guys does, removing two guys, you need work. Like this offseason, yeah. your depth really needs to be worked on. Now that could be fixed with Edvinson maybe coming over next year. You may get... Yeah, but you're still going to have to replace some guys. Well, yeah. I mean, you t- you take out DeKaiser, you put in Edvinson. That's a huge upgrade because DeKaiser's gone anyways. Do they bring yep. back Stahl for another year? How is Stahl by the end of the year? Yeesh. And he's aging aging out. Gustav Lindstrom would move up. Could Albert Johansson come over? Maybe. I, yeah, I think you can easily replace Stahl. I, well, I should, let me rephrase. I don't think you should... I should say easily, but I no, think easy that enough for his, for his age and everything else. Do you want to have that as your depth guy that maybe not necessarily is playing all the time? Cause he'll be 35 in January. Yeah. So he's a month from being 35, meaning he'll be playing into his 36 year season. Yeah, this league is and, way too, way too fast to have guys like that. Yeah, but he's still he's still reacting far better than Danny DeKaiser. Sure. Mm-hmm. He also didn't have back surgery like Danny DeKaiser he, did. Right. But I mean that just shows you the level of play that Stahl can still get to. Danny DeKaiser's now, issue is his leg. That's his issue. Well, oh, was uh, it his leg? He had back surgery, but he lost like 80% of the muscle mass in one of his legs. His leg. yeah. yeah, and it's gonna probably never come back. No. Not I wouldn't be shocked if he retires after this year. I, I don't know. I, the will to play sometimes is stronger than the thought that you probably shouldn't. Um, yeah, but your your back can ruin things. Oh yeah, very absolutely. Now, what does this team when Jacob Vrana comes back? That's the other mm. question. He adds the depth, so mm-hmm. maybe if you miss a piece like Bertuzzi, you slot Verana up, and then that gives you a little bit more even flow throughout the line. So we are a little bit deeper than I. Th- think we we give ourselves credit for but the, the problem is is we yeah, have like that's only people. when they're healthy we had yeah, exactly we had six people go down at one time well not yeah, one time mitchell but stevens is down and we know how he was playing extremely well Troy and Stetcher's again that's down. stetcher's down and all those guys are talking about this they're fast which yeah. is we know that this team needs to move fast to be effective yep and now right now they're not no so, you need to either be a fast team or you need to be a physical team. And we're not, we're a fast team when we have everybody there. And no we're not the most physical team in the world. Let's, let's just put it that way. No, but that's always been Blash's kind of thing, right? Blash has never coached a physical game. I mean, he's no. never told people go out there and just destroy people. Or I mean, you could go back to maybe their final year in the playoffs, which is probably one of their most physical rosters. Yeah, the, but the, that was because they were trying to match punch for punch with Tampa. I think, like, in terms of physicality, like, yeah, in some aspects it's overrated, but it's not overrated when you're playing teams like St. Louis, and you're playing teams like Colorado, where the Avalanche are the most physical team. But if you want to beat them, you have to be physical to slow how fast they are down. You have to kind of muck the game up a little bit. You have to play kind of like, um, 
Calgary does. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's how you beat those, you know, speed demon teams like, like Colorado and Edmonton. And like, I mean, the Wings did beat Edmonton, but it didn't look pretty doing it. And that's why, because they slowed them down. They, they kind of played their game and and they didn't let them, you know, just freewheel through the neutral zone like they did against the Avalanche the other night. You um, stop Nathan McKinnon. You stop Edmonton. That's what we did. Nathan McKinnon wasn't touched coming through the neutral zone 90% of that time. It's like, I understand Nathan McKinnon is probably the second or third best player in the NHL. Um, and then in terms of like powerful skating and stuff like that. But I mean, you got to be able to at least get a stick on that stick and, and, you know, break up, break him up in the neutral zone once in a while. I, he, he had free entry into the zone, like the whole game. It was unbelievable. And I don't even think he played as much as he could have played, but he's coming off an injury. Right. So but I don't know. I mean, even Kale McCarr, a defenseman, wheeling into the zone. Like, you got to put a body on that guy. I'm not saying you have to light him up, but you got to put a body on him and make him think twice about just coming into you, the zone. You with have head down. to slow the game down. Yeah. That's how you beat those teams. Unless you can outspeed those teams. And I, we no. don't have a Nathan McKinnon. No. And we don't have a Kale McCarr. We don't even have a Gabriel Landis Cog yet, I don't think. So, no. Did we, I mean, do we think that maybe are we not uh, giving Dylan Larkin enough credit? Yeah. I, I, what well, I was going to say, do we think that we may be seeing the end of Doug Huda after this? He's been here a long time. But Is I mean, we five know years, their biggest lapses this, this season in particular. I mean, we know, and you can really go back to the last couple of years, we know that defensively they're not a good team. We know that the skill and talent isn't just not there. But we've seen with a good team this year that they can, like you said, Greg, they can play with anyone. Yep. But when they're they are still, but they're still getting destroyed in shots and allowing just way too many opportunities for the other team. It's just that Ned's played out of his ass. Now I shouldn't say played out of his ass. He's played to what we were hoping he would play for yep. or play to. We've seen what Tangay has done offensively and, and and on the power play when it finally gets going. These guys just got to make some. It's got to re-click like we saw early season. But maybe it's we got to get Jeff Blaschel's doppelganger off the bench now, just like Bilesman, get a, re, a refresh, refresh voice in there maybe. I mean, I don't know how much that plays into it, but it, it to me that might be the most sensible thing. to. I don't know what his contract is, so obviously I don't think any of us do for that matter. But it just might be something – defensively as this team continues to evolve, then they need to make that change because there's too much pressure going. Tyler, you nailed it. Like, why aren't we stopping these guys up the boards? Where's the, where's, where's the red rings of old where they got the wet left wing lock, not letting anybody escape the neutral zone. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying play the New Jersey style of game that they used to play in the mid nineties, early two thousands, or I guess in the mid two thousands too. No, but just more pressure. Muck the game up a little bit. Like you can't just let these guys dangle through. I mean, th- that's part of the reason why they lose to Boston most of the time. They just let David Pasternak and, and Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron come into the zone without any entry, at the, without any defense at the blue line. They just let these teams walk in and then step up. It's like, no, you're supposed to step up at the blue line so they can't come into your zone. And and mm-hmm. the forwards, if they're back in time, should step up at the red line so they can't even get to, to our blue line. You know, I mean, obviously, 
different situations and scenarios, um, you know, are different and, and different games are different. But like that St. Louis team is not much faster than Detroit is. And they dominated a lot of that game because of how physical they are. Ryan O'Reilly and and guys like that. Those those guys are Mark Stone. Yeah. Yep. Well, Mark Stone, yeah, with Vegas and, and stuff like that. But it's like you got to put a body on those guys. Now, I'm not we, saying you got to light guys up like Cronwall or, or, or I think those days are gone, you know, unfortunately for us. But I mean, look at, look at the, look at the Edmonton team Ed, Edmonton game, for instance, that they won four, two at home when McDavid was held to a single shot. Obviously yep. it unfortunately was a goal, but they played to your point, Tyler, that suffocating D mm-hmm. they were moving on the ice. The, the biggest thing is they're moving and they are reacting and making sure that they're going after these guys. Now, unfortunately a team like Edmonton, if you kind of shut down dry and McDavid, you have a pretty good chance of winning. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, there, there's just that consistency aspect. And against a team that's fully loaded like Colorado, that's where our depth or lack thereof was fully exposed. Yep. And until the Iser plan, as we love to go back. The into, wiser plan. <laughs> continues to evolve. <laughs> and, until that continues to evolve, we're not maybe we're just not we're seeing a good coaching strategy from Huda but again like with what Blashell's offensive mindset has been these since he's come in they just don't have the players to execute it yeah uh, that could very well be the case as well either any of them are i guess appropriate to to go off of but yeah there's just too many shots and i it's going to catch up to Ned i think and it scares me i mean Ned Calder got to be in the Calder discussion still, Ned, even though, I mean, a the, the couple games ago, the Nashville game wasn't great for Ned and neither mm-hmm. really was the, the Blues game, but uh, he brought it back against the Avalanche and just, again, played out of his mind, but there was no support. That's a problem, is that, and that's the problem the Red Wings have fallen into previously the past few years is no goalie support. Like, they, <laughs> I don't want to say they forced Jimmy Howard to retire, but Jimmy Howard was not doing that shit again. That no. was not I mean, he also did not play his no. final year was just, just bad. But, um yeah. so the the two years. The good news is that Mark Stahl uh should be back in three days. He went in COVID protocol on December 6th. So on the 16th, he should, as long as he's fine, should be able mm-hmm. to come out of COVID protocol. The bad news is, is that the Detroit Red Wings uh for the rest of the season, I believe, have the hardest strength of schedule in the entire league. Uh, of course we do. Forward. Of course. Uh, so the games are not going to get easier. They are going to get no. harder as the season goes on. Uh, hopefully we can stay healthy. That's the big thing. Uh, we'll get Verona back, hopefully around Olympic break, which the NHL might not even go to the Olympics now. Let's not talk yeah, about, did you hear, talking about did that. Did you right? hear that crap? Did you, did you hear? I was listening to 32 uh, Thoughts and Jeff Merrick bitch. said that if he doesn't know what what's going to end up happening, but he did say that he talked to an owner uh, and a couple other people that are close to the situation that if they don't go to the Olympics, there's a potential that there's three weeks without NHL hockey. They would in that the time they would have to. Out. The buildings already are already rented, rented out. out. Yeah, but the, wait, oh, that doesn't make they, any sense. I they have an out in January. I thought they have multiple avenues to take this. No, yeah, no. They don't. They, they Jeff Merrick said that ninety six percent, ninety six to ninety eight percent of the arenas are rented out. 
that it makes make sense. sense. Everything else. No, it does make sense. It does no, it make doesn't. sense. No, Why because they, sense? Tyler, because they, they gave them an out. Schedules. They don't have two schedules. They have one schedule. <clears throat> Tyler, they I allowed them that. an out until January 10th to, wow. to pull out of the Olympics. I understand that. I get what you're saying, but that doesn't mean that the rinks aren't booked. They are booked. Wow. Those yeah, there's three weeks without NHL hockey. Idiots. The, the only thing that they did say that was a possibility if, if this does happen, that they don't go to Beijing, is that the games that have been missed because of COVID, they could like spread them. That was like that was the games. initial thought was that the, the teams that had to drop games like Ottawa yep. would be rescheduled in that time period. But you can't, I mean, you would have had most guys sitting around for three weeks doing nothing anyways, but mm. you're going to lose out on everything. Like what's, what's the point then? You might as well throw something together at that point. If there's just three weeks off right there and I'm an NHLer, well, and I am a player that could be playing for my country, I'd be, okay. be like, fuck you guys, I'm going. Well, now Bettman says... Unless Bettman the NHLPA as a whole says they're not That's doing what it, it is. It's well, the player's decision at It this is. Point. So Bill Daly said that it is still 100% up to the players. Now the situation has kind of evolved with COVID protocol in the Olympics where they, if, if a player gets COVID over there, they're saying they could be quarantined for up to five weeks. Why? So, because that's the protocol now in China is like five week up to a five week quarantine uh, for the Olympics. So I, if I'm a player, I'm not one taking the risk uh, with the new variant. Absolutely not. I'm not letting the Chinese government let me put me in a quarantine. And two, I would not be able to stay in a hotel. The, the Olympic hotels apparently blow in the first place. And are there camp or whatever they're in? And I'm not staying in one of those for five weeks. Um, but in, I'm not going to take the chance of getting COVID over there and then not being able to come back and play regular hockey. So I don't really see a situation where the Players Association is going to let the players go. Um, and well, does it suck? Absolutely. Is that going to make Olympic hockey very boring? Yeah, most likely. Um, if but, there even is Olympic hockey. Oh, there will be Olympic hockey. They'll find mm. fill-ins. They'll take them from all the foreign leagues. Absolutely. But it's it's looking more and more like the players are not going to go. And then if what you said, Tyler, is correct, and there's going to be three weeks with no hockey, how does Gary Fun. Bettman still have a fucking job? Uh, shouldn't, but I he mean, will. If you're going to lose money... Uh, to the Olympics, that's understandable because it's a world tournament. There's still going to be eyes on your players and, and ever, you're still going to sell jerseys, whatever. Why can't they just do like the ho Olympic hockey tournament here in like Florida or something? Because they can't. Because the rule is the country that wins the bid gets the Olympics. You don't just oh, ship. Then we throw the together a world to cup of hockey. So that was my idea too. Well, the, the rinks are rented out. How are you going to yeah. do it? Yep. I mean, there are going to be probably find are. one that you could buy out or something. No. My my problem with it is that they I think they've already said, yep, too late to throw something together. So what is what's the point then? You're losing money anyways, Gary Bettman, you fucking idiot. Like, I don't understand. With the way he's handled the sexual yeah, but the assault scandals. Might be and played like, off within three years. So that's cool. Whatever. So we might have a salary cap go up in three years. Gary Bettman's an idiot. I don't, like I said, I don't know how he still has a job. 
I don't know how he has gotten away with half the shit he's gotten away with this year and not had the the owners say bye, like leave. And he said the other day, um, basically his quote was, I'm going to be around for a really long time. I'm not going anywhere. So, he's not. I mean, he's like I, Roger Goodell. He's not going anywhere. If I'm the owners, I get rid of him. But I guess he's making them money, so they are not going to do that, even though he's an evil, evil little man. They're exactly. Not, Roger Goodell, same thing. I just, it upsets me. It makes me really angry. So It should. So before we move on, we are going to take a quick break for a word from DraftKings. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So Olympic hockey could be done, but what is happening is World Junior Hockey. The World Juniors are going to happen, and the Red Wings have quite a few players uh, Team Canada, Sebastian Kosa and Donovan Sobrango. Team Sweden, Theodore Niederbach and Simon Edvinson. Team Finland, Emil Vero. You're going to have Jan Bednash go for Team Czech Republic. Team USA, you've got Red Savage and Carter Mazur. Boom. So it, the Red Wings are going to be hopefully well represented at the World Junior Championship. Ryan has already said he cannot go for Team Canada because he no, hates me. them. Fuck that shit. So nope, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, Sebastian. I hope you do well. We love you. We hate you your you team. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And uh, so we will be wearing the Trey Connor or 100%. the Stars and Stripes, right, Ryan? What are yeah, you going I'll, for? I'll accept, I'll, I'll accept Sweden. I mean, obviously okay. the USA. I love Team Sweden's jersey, so I will root for Team Sweden. They always have a sharp jersey. And it's maybe always get so a, good. Maybe I'll get a Simon Edmondson jersey. Uh, the Red Wings were not going to let Lucas Raymond go uh, play, of course. For good reason. <laughs> yeah, because he needs to be on the Red Wings. He's one of our only hopes besides. And, he'll, and he can make you a lot of money. Yeah. I, I think he would have completely owned the entire World Junior Tournament, though. That would have been great to see. Just think if I can. Is, is, was Zegras still able to go to? No, uh, Zegras, I believe, is, is 19 just over? or 20. Yeah, he's old. Yeah. Uh, so he's just missed. Okay. Yeah, he's out. The highlights are Sebastian Kosa, who's the goalie we picked number 15 this past season in the first round. We traded up to get him. He has played 21 games so far for the Edmonton Oil Kings with a 226 goals against average and a 924 save percentage. He's been very solid. He's already passed his 2020 21 uh, games played, which he played 19 in 2020 21. So Kosa is the one I'm excited to watch our mm-hmm. supposed goalie of the future right there. Yeah, we really do need, I shouldn't say we really do, but a strong tournament out of him will hopefully bode well for us long, long term. 
Uh, Donovan Sobrango is the other player on Team Canada defenseman who's currently playing for Grand Rapids. He's the one that got the exception uh, where he didn't have to go back to the OHL because he had already played in Grand Rapids while COVID was happening. So uh, he didn't have to go back. There's no reason to make him go back to junior. Defensive defenseman uh, Brandon and the guys over in Grand Rapids really like him uh, for his kind of get-in-your-face style of play. He has three assists on the season in 20 games for Grand Rapids. Uh, the thing is, he's a, for a defenseman, and I know we hate the stat, he's a plus player. He's a plus six right now. And Grand Rapids has not been very good this season. And to be a plus player on a team like that is good. So they get Donovan Sobrango, uh, probably be a lower pair defenseman if he makes the actual roster roster. And he, he'll he be that shutdown kind of guy. So Team Canada getting two good players, which is good. Well, we've got players on Team Sweden. We've got Theodor Niederbach, who's currently playing for, for Lunda. 28 games played, six points. Uh, just, a, I mean, a responsible right winger. And he's been good for his first what will be his first full season in the SHL. And we all know Simon Edvinson in 24 games has 12 points for the same team, uh, the Ferlunda Hockey. They're now the Ferlunda Hockey Club for right now until they get their... Uh, AKA the Ferlunda Red Wings. Yeah, until they get their logo change. And I don't know if they're changing their actual name, but I know they're changing their logo. So Simon Edvinson is the one that could potentially be in Detroit next season if he could come over and actually earn a spot because he'll be at camp and stuff. So Edmondson is kind of the one to watch out for. He should be the top, probably top defenseman on the top pair in the world juniors for team Sweden. Exciting, right? He's Cider's future partner. No, I can't wait. If, if he goes off in this tournament, like it just, it makes the excitement for next season that much higher because I think the, there's already the expectation that, that he'll have that propulsion into the NHL, I guess we could say, like Cider. I mean, it helps that he's playing in that men's league, but to go here, dominate, finish out a, a strong year in the SHL, which he's already getting rave reviews on, and then he can just take that right into this offseason, hopefully training here with Cider or the, a couple of these guys over back home here in Detroit. The, uh, oh, timeout. Breaking news update. The Red Wings just signed Robbie Faber to a three-year extension. Really? Wow. I totally thought Robbie Fabry was trade bait. Three-year contract extension with an annual AAV Wait. of four Oh, yeah, million. I just I just saw that. Four million? Oh, man. Iserman, doing work. That's really good. That doesn't Do it suck. work on Sergey's birthday. Happy birthday, Sergey. Happy Federal. birthday, Sergey. Holy crap. Wow, that's good news. And if oh. you still don't think that he should have his number retired, you can get fucked. That's, that's only that's a a little over a million dollar raise for Robbie Fabry. So good for him. Good for him. Good for the team. They they the Wings are in no position to be getting rid of players. I know, like if you get blown away and you know someone were to offer you for a guy that's going to be a free agent, then fine. But locking down that just that locked them down for the roster right now. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I still think at the end of the day, Robbie Fabry is going to be one of your third liners. That's fine. Yeah, but that's, that's hey, fine. I'll take him on third line. So we will move on to Team USA. Thanks for the breaking news, Ryan. You should have done a little like breaking news you. sounder there. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so, ding. so on to Team <laughs> USA, you've got uh, one of the best names in most recent draft memory, Red Savage with his Gilligan bucket hat. In 16 games played, has seven <laughs> points uh, for the University of Miami, Ohio. 
uh, Ryan, University of Miami, Ohio. And you've no, got Rafael's Burgers College. It is. Big Ben's alma mater. And then you've got Carter. And also Mazer. the pipeline. Isn't that also technically the pipeline for our, our, our beautiful head coach? That they also um, they were in the uh, Frozen Four National Championship game in 2009 and blew a three to one lead with two minutes left to be you and then lost it. Yeah, that two so, goal lead, man. Yeah, good uh, job, Enrico Je- Blasi. Jeff Blaschel did coach at the University of Miami. Ohio. He did did well there. Uh, Carter Mazer also is on the right now the Team USA roster. And for the University of Denver, in 16 games, he has nine goals and eight assists for 17 points. He's doing very well. Uh, that's also exciting. That's also exciting. Like Carter Mazer is, he was drafted number 70 overall in round three this past season. And I mean, that 17 points in 16 games is really good. Uh, University of Denver is a pretty powerhouse team, though. Yeah, I think. I think they're a top 10 team. I can look. I don't, I haven't looked at the rankings this week, but uh, yeah, historically Denver is, uh, I mean, they're a very good program. I think they have a, a frozen four national championship within the last 10 years. So, I mean, they're, they're always there. They're always a good top 10, top 15 team usually. So didn't Philip Larson win the championship with Denver? Uh, I don't know that he, he, they're number three in the country. Yeah, that's really good right now. Uh, uh, Pairwise, who's so. above them? St. Cloud and uh, Minnesota State and St. Cloud. Yeah, and then for Team Finland, we have Emil Vero, another defenseman drafted in the 2020 draft round three, number 70 overall. Right now, he's playing for TPS Turku in the Liga, and in 26 games has three points. But he's another. I'm going to correct myself. I looked at the wrong week. Minnesota State's one, Quinnipiac two, Michigan's three, Denver is eight. Okay, I mean, there's still five. a top 10 still, team. Still a top 10 team, so. Yeah. Um, Emil yeah, Vero, though. Yeah, to be top 10 for how this hockey season's playing out in college, it's, you're doing okay. Yeah. Just all right. Um, but Emil Vero has been good for Turku in the Liga. Another what's looking like a defensive defenseman, um, but very responsible. They said the probably a snub that people didn't see coming was uh, William Wallander was snubbed from Team Sweden. He has been on a tear. Mm-hmm. He has improved his game a lot. And he mm. seems to be like the, we had talked about the knock against him was maybe he couldn't put it all together. And it seems like this season he has, and people thought he was a lot going to be a lock for Team Sweden. But he was passed over, which I mean, that like, could be a confidence booster. Did Soderblom age out? So Soderblom did, uh, Elmer Soderblom did age out. He's 20. Did he? So. Oh, we should, is he for sure? Yeah, yeah, that was the reason he's not there. Soderblom would definitely, I think, be there if he didn't if if he didn't age out. Uh, Elmer Soderblom. He was there last year. I know that for sure. He is now twenty years old. So yeah, he aged out. Just yeah, just twenty. Well, no, July, Ryan, not just. Yeah, well, you know, (laughs) so. Uh, So those are the Red Wings that are going to be at the World Junior Championship. Like I said, exciting because we've been waiting for really good prospects. And now we have really good prospects, uh, seeing that we are one of the top talent pools in the entire league. Still a bummer for Wallander. I think that might be the biggest bummer. Yeah, Wallander should yeah. be there. and he. But again, it's a confidence booster, right? I think they had a thing. It's exciting for Red Savage, though. I love Cronwall, that one. I think Cronwall told Wallander, just keep working on your game. He's like, let him snub you. Just keep yeah. working on your game. That's so, fine. Right. Yeah, that's something that could propel a player forward. 
uh, not being picked when you were pretty sure you were a lock. So isn't it unbelievable? Like, I mean, we, we always talk about like the way that teams get built and like, it seems like Steve Eisenman has just gone back to the well. That's always worked for the Red Wings. Go back to Sweden, Sweden, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sweden and Russia. Sweden and Russia. Now, we're going to start really seeing the Russian a... the Russian push here soon. How much you want to bet? You I think so? I would be all right I, I with could it. See, I could see it. There are a lot of really good Russian prospects coming up in this draft, too. So it you... seems like, too, over the last like couple times that there's been drafts. Like, remember, like, 2010 and with, with, like, Kucherov and Panarin and, like, guys like that that were, like, on Team Russia in the World Juniors and, like, people were scared to draft those guys because... We didn't know if they would come over. Well, I feel like now it seems like even more Russian players are playing like in, in the CHL and the Canadian Hockey League and, and in like the college teams here. So like it, it kind of feels like the world is kind of, I mean, obviously not the world, but like the hockey world is starting to like kind of meld together where Russian players do start to like look at the NHL and say, oh, you know, that, that this is where I want to be. This is exactly like the top of the world instead of looking at the KHL as that, as, as I think people did previously with the Russian Super League. Yeah, I think it was more Russian devotion to the country. So they were going to mm-hmm. stay there. Also, there was a lot of like backdoor money in Russia yeah, for the really, true. really elite players. Um, they wouldn't get they'd get paid under the table on a lot of stuff. Um, but oh, I've I, heard a lot of this. We've all heard a lot of the stories on Chicklets and all those other podcasts that have had people on. But I think some of it now, though, is Russian players wanting to get out of Russia. Like uh, Artemi Panarin, like can't go back to Russia. He will be like taken away, and he'll be black bagged to some secret location. So yeah, to, to the the gulag. Yeah, to the straight to the you gulag. Go to gulag. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, I think that's part of it too. Is a lot of the Russian players just want to get out of Russia, and not the, uh, so. not the Call of Duty gulag. No, no, it's, no, it's the actual one where you go to suffer. So forever, uh, you yeah. go to die. <laughs> so that'll be interesting to see where Eiserman goes next year. But there are a lot of good Russians. I mean, pretty high in in next year's draft, and that's something we'll have there to get comes. into. We'll have to get Tony on and stuff to talk. Draft. The, the thing is, too, it's like the red wave. The wings have always had an inroads in Russia and Sweden and stuff like it's kind of like, you know, like the college sports. They've always had certain teams have inroads in certain states. It kind of seemed like the wings are going back to the well. It's always worked for them. And I mean, you know, you have these kids that have grown up and they've seen Datsuk play and they've seen those guys. I guess to recap, Red Wings not doing so great right now. Uh, Not going to get easier. No, but uh, people should come back from injury. They do, though, have a lot of hope coming. Uh, World Junior Championship, a lot of Red Wings players that have been named to their team. So it should be a fun tournament to watch. If you're not going to be in the Olympics and they're just going to do a big fuck you, you're going to be able to watch the World Junior Championship. And it should be. I don't know what I'm going to do for those three weeks. I I get a new hobby. I'll watch the Olympics, but not no NHL players in the Olympics. Not it's not the same. Yeah, no, it's it's exciting because great for those guys that get to play in it. But. I'm sorry. I want to see the best of the best. Exactly. That was my yep. that was my thing with it. Um, but that's where we're going to end it tonight. And I want to get your final thoughts before we sign off. And I will end with Ryan, who's actually going to be able to watch hockey again. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to. When's the next game? I don't know what the next tomorrow game is. is tomorrow. Tomorrow night? I thought that's what it was. Isles game. Okay, we got that tomorrow. We have at 
Carolina on Thursday and Saturday. I should, I won't be able to watch because I'll be at a concert. So I'll get two out of three this week. That's an upgrade. But what no, concert um, are you going to? Uh, Mitchell Tenpenny. That's sweet. You He's fucking country. go to a concert in 1904. It's it's it was a gift for my wife for her birthday. <laughs> that so didn't answer it, my question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know like a couple songs, so it'll it, it should be fun. I'm not really sure what to expect from his shows. I've never seen him live or heard him live, so I know she's really excited. So I'm excited. Happy wife, happy life. Yay. Hey, but uh, final thoughts. I'm ready for bed. So I have done. Cool. Already Ryan 33. Tyler. Yeah. So my final thoughts are, I mean, the wings, water had to find its level at some point and hopefully they can just get some guys healthy again and start playing good again. Cause I think they're capable of doing so, to be honest with you. Uh, as for the world juniors, I mean, it's my favorite time of the year honestly i mean like in terms of being a hockey fan i mean i love the nhl and and stuff but in terms of being a sports fan i mean the world juniors is just probably my favorite time of year other than the stanley cup playoffs so oh, you um, changed it, into a sweet team sweden jersey midway yeah I, obviously a team usa um follower whether it's the world juniors or oh, world champions you're never gonna get yelled at for wearing that jersey don't worry nope the, never. the women's hockey i i love usa hockey that's probably my favorite thing in the world besides the red Wings. so um usa hockey huge um but if you don't get if you never watch the world junior tournament you should watch it it's definitely something that like you'll you'll see players in the NHL, even later in the season that played in the world juniors in a lot of cases, like a lot of the college kids graduate and end up playing in the NHL or, um, you know, in some other country cases, you know, their season is over over there and they come over and they, they make an impact on the Stanley cup playoffs. So it's a very interesting time. Um, definitely Connor Bedard's going to be there. 16 year old freaking for team Canada. He's an exceptional status. He's supposed to go what first overall next year. Yep. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting, but definitely take in the world juniors. And um, other than that, you can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. My final thoughts are going to be you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline podcast online at Grindline Pod. You can find our podcasts wherever there are podcasts. We to give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network for hosting us and spreading our podcast around everywhere. You can follow them at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. Uh, we also like to give a shout out to Howie's Hockey Tape, where if you use the promo code Grindline, you get 10% off your order. If you do that same promo code on Bring Hockey Back, you get uh, 12% off your order. Uh, also, shout out to Vintage Detroit, who is the best place to go for any kind of your jersey needs. Hands you, down. You can yep. even ship them into them. They'll work on them, and they'll ship them I back to that. you. Yeah, it's great. Uh, their service is next to none, and they are super awesome. Um, yeah. other My dad than, just went there, got a jersey. Really? Your dad just buys jerseys left, right, and center, huh? <laughs> he, he's, yeah, I think he's actually worse than me. He, my stepmom just got a, uh, I didn't realize they were selling these at the game, which makes sense, but she got the Hockey Bites Cancer jersey in at, at a game the other night. Nice. I saw it on Facebook. That's sweet. Yeah. And then the last yes. shout out we've got is our merch shop. So if you go to redbubble.com and search the grind line, you will find our merch there. Uh, go ahead and pick up a shirt. You can also get the designs on a bunch of different stuff from mugs and water bottles and stickers 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 yeah. have been popular lately yeah this the, everybody loves raymond stickers are gonna be really good we also sold the mo with the flow stickers which are really cool um but that you can go there and find our merch to support the show but other than that it's gonna do it for us tonight so for ryan and tyler i am greg you stay classy hockey town